Hola. It's time for part uno. <laughs> hey everybody, it's your pals Ed and Sean. Let's get ready for Gangstar. Blah. And welcome to episode 199, part one of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. Sorry, I was phoning that one in. I apologize. <laughs> Next one will be better, I promise. Part two will be a little more pizzazz. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap, he's going to speak Spanish again. Me amo, Sean. I probably say it wrong, especially when I got her sitting right. She's giving me the glare, like, why do I date you? <laughs> <laughs> It only means one thing. You must be good in bed. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, apparently, from the, I, she's from the murky, peanut gallery. She's smirking behind you. With the, I'm not saying it. It's <laughs> Anyway, so hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome to the show. Um, I am Sean. That is Ed. Say hi, Ed. Hi, Ed. Um, so, yeah, so it's the big 199. 199. Yeah. Or as the Germans like to say, one no no. <laughs> it's like, oh no, he just we went there. We have German listeners, so they'll laugh. That one was for them. <laughs> like I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't know how that's funny. <laughs> so uh yeah, so welcome to part one of episode one ninety nine. Uh just one away from the big two hundred. What are we gonna do? Same as we think we do every show. <laughs> Try to take over the world. Even though, even though it's just a voice, I had to do the mustache twirl. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so here in part one, um, we give a breakdown of what we did during the week. Ed had a more active week than I did. Yes, yes. I even have I even had more that I didn't talk about. During the show, I forgot something. Oh, uh, yeah. What did you forget, Ed? I forgot that I saw uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. Really? On Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. Yeah. So how was it? It was it was good. I mean, it's it, I mean, if you, if you like the Kung Fu Panda movies, this is right up your alley. I like the Kung Fu Panda I, movies. I, I just felt that, like, some of it was kind of phoned in a little bit, you know, in terms <laughs> they of... phoned in the they animation. Phoned in. <laughs> At one point, there was just a guy with a footbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they do like different style of animation through like like the telling stories, you know, like that. Oh, okay. and it was interesting to look at. I mean, it was, it was beautiful art that they they presented, but I think some of it was like you know they could have just took Jack Black's voice and some of the other movies that he it's did like and some just of the cut dumped scenes. it. Yeah, <laughs> we had him say a bunch of lines. He actually didn't really start in the movie. He was just thrown off way castaway lines. <laughs> it talked like this: <laughs> "I am Kung Fu Panda." It's just, they just chopped up words from yes. the other two movies to make sentences. <laughs> uh, but it was funny. I mean, it was good. It, you know, and if you, you like it. I mean, I, I could see why it didn't do as well as the other two in the yeah, theater. You know it kind of came and went really quick. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, if you're a fan of those Kung Fu Panda movies, it's definitely something to add to your list of uh, okay. watching. I like the first one. I, I enjoyed the second one. The third one, I guess I'll wait till. Oh, it's know. already out on DVD. It is? Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. It came out a couple weeks ago. That's right. Yeah, I walked past in the new release wall. Well, I don't know why. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so. Uh, um, wasn't a priority then. And uh, wasn't a priority. I guess. I'll, I mean, I have the first two, like a two pack, you know. Mm-hmm. 
then they rapped about it. And, <laughs> he got shot in Las yeah, Vegas. In Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> he blamed Biggie, and then shit went south. <laughs> it's kind of ironic we make that joke, because considering the first part of this episode, we talk about a little-known turf war. Yes, that's know? true. That is true. In, in, in popular co- uh, country music. Yes. You know, by way of my girlfriend, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's sitting there going, oh, why are you dragging me into this? <laughs> and then we obviously talk about the box offices, and I um, I give my review of Jason Bourne. Nice. You know? And then we also talk Killing Joke. That's right, we What do we think about it? Did we like it? Did we hate it? Did it become a part of us? You'll just have to sit back and relax and enjoy part one when we'll come back at the end, for a little bit more killing joke. Is that right, Ed? That is right. No, we'll be you right. are correct, sir. Uh, well, then, in that case, we'll be right back. And welcome to Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. And, and tonight, we, again, we have Stacy with us. Yeah. She's, <laughs> yeah for, for, let's just assume she's always going to be <laughs> here until I go. Yeah, she's not here. Um, she's actually going to try a couple things tonight Okay. while we're, while we're on air. All right. Uh, two things. Um, it kind of dubbed her the uh, multimedia girl. Okay. <laughs> she is going to try to get us on Snapchat, and she's going to see if she can get the Facebook Live going on. So, you know, I know it's hot out, so we're a little glossy. We need <laughs> makeup! <laughs> and boy, is that clock wrong, by the way. Yeah. And it's running slow, so I'm going to the battery's about to get changed. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, how was your week? I was uh, it was uh, full. Um, I have to say, I, I did a lot this week, which is kind of surprising for me. Um, it's actually started Sunday night. Uh, I um, uh, there's a thing called uh, Vice Television, and uh, it's um, it's it's kind of like a documentary kind of channel. Like they show a lot of like ongoing series, and one of them is called Cyber Wars, and that's about uh, cybersecurity. Basically, okay. and uh, so I was watching. They had like they have like six or seven episodes now, right now going on. So you can go on demand if you're a Comcast uh, subscriber and check out these shows. They're free to watch, and uh, they were fascinating. One they talked about anonymous and who they were and and the subsects. Then it gets not anonymous anymore. Then that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going old school comedy today. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they, he talked to a couple people. Of course, they didn't use their real names. And couple, some people had, like, scarves over their faces. With yeah, the they had their yes, so we like to hack and uh, we like to type things out and make it all spooky and stuff. Yes. <laughs> and uh, there, was some other, there was some other shows that dealt, dealt with, like, uh, you know, Chinese, the, how Chinese are taking over uh, economy in terms of they're using these... Um, uh, spam emails sending out to corporations and people are clicking on links and those links are actually connecting their computers to make them they, they can go through their machines and, and find out information about drawings and different uh, uh, you know uh, policies and chemical uh, compounds for different uh, uh, like paints and all this like anything they can get their hands on basically right. so they can duplicate in China oh, and it's okay. the Chinese government that's actually doing this is actually soldiers uh... Okay. In a, in a private sector, and actually, they've the United States has based it off of a building in China. They have a uh, satellite view shot of the building, and they know they have it. It's titled as a number. I don't know remember the number sequence of it all, but it was Wait, interesting. It, it total. It wouldn't be ironic if it was the numbers for that uh, thing in Lost. 
<laughs> what does it mean? What's it all mean? They're in a bunker. All right. <laughs> and there were some other shows along those lines, but like I said, it's, it was it was for somebody like me who is in computers a lot. It's kind of was kind of fascinating. So if you enjoy computers and you want to know what's what's going out there in cybersecurity through social media and how they're doing things, it's really an eye opener to uh, watch. So that's what I did on Sunday night that after the show because I'm always wired up after the show i know you're usually tired you can't wait to go home yeah i'm usually a little worn out i kind of want to go home and i'll, I'll do like some video game and like quiet stuff yeah i mean i know video games aren't quiet but i'm not talking at the time so i'm putting more like oh yeah just rest you know <laughs> so i ended up watching that whole series i was like like at the time five episodes and i watched All those right. and i've been watching the other ones as during the week as it was going on so that was interesting and of course, Monday we did something which we'll get back to in a little bit. Well, I teased it already on our, our Facebook. Page. Okay. So, yeah, I went back and I had because I completely forgot that we saw the Killing Joke woman that Monday night. Yes. You know, in theaters. In theaters. The we went to the theater um, to see the Killing Joke, which you're right. We'll talk about it a little later on. Um, and what else did we do? Uh, well, Wednesday I had a friend of the show Dave Sipon over. Yes. And uh, we decided to watch a movie. What and, movie? And uh, we actually watched the Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice the extended cut. Oh yeah. I well, I gave him a choice of a few movies, and that was the one he's most interested in. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll watch it just yeah. to see. And and I have to say that this I don't know how it's rated R. You know, because that's their, their that was their big claim was rated R. They said it was more on the violence side. You know, it, it really didn't add too much more violence that when we saw in the in the theater. Okay, so it sounds like as if they were trying to ride the Deadpool, like, oh, Deadpool made all this exactly. money, radar. Well, so there's a rated R version of Batman v Superman to get people go, oh, we have to go see this movie. Yes, yeah, and uh, you know what? It tied up all the all the uh, unexplained things that we had questions about. Okay, during the movie, so I was like. It made sense. It was like, oh, uh, unedited. It, 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 made, flowed it flowed perfectly. Every once in a while, a director's cut of a movie will actually be better than the theatrical cut. So there was only two, still two things that I had a problem with the movie, but it didn't help it in any way. What two of those? Well, the, the, well, of course, as we know, we've talked about the wheat plot line in terms of your mother's Martha? My, my mother's, mother's Martha. Martha. Oh, my God. Let's be besties. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, the Flash coming into the basically the past, like doing the right. I'm too soon. Yes, uh, I'm too soon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. With the shitty uh, pubic hair, beard, and mustache. Yes. Which, um, if you saw the, have you seen the Justice League trailer? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, I noticed he's clean shaven. Yes. Yes, he's like more boyish. So yeah, I'm like, all right. <laughs> they took some notes and they uh, actually listened to us. And- Lose the. F- the shitty pubic pear beard. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So that was Wednesday. What did you do uh, Thursday? Um, Thursday didn't really do anything. That was the thing. I'm trying to think what I did Thursday. And then, of course, my, over the weekend, my wife went away. So I was actually like, you know. Oh, sitting in your underwear, so, hanging your shorts while you're watching TV kind of thing. <laughs> That's where I come up with all my techie stuff. Well, actually, Saturday, what I did was I have a bunch of old video game systems and cartridges from people that gave it to me. They were like, trade these in. Like, right. I play video games. So they're like, oh, well, you must know where to trade these in. And I'm like, right. well, no, I keep all my stuff. Like, right. I, I like to hold on to it, you know. Video game hoarder. Yes. <laughs> But uh, they were like, you know, see what you can do. And then a lot of people have recommended this place called Game Fix. It's on Bustleton Avenue here in the Northeast Philadelphia. So I went over there on a Saturday night. And I have to say, this is the coolest shop I've ever been to. It is kind of cool. You know, it's it's, it's almost like going to like an oddity shop for video games. I mean, they had all the old classics. 
the original Nintendo. They had like all the Nintendos from like NES to today. Right. And then of course, you know, they had the Sony one to today and, and then Xbox. And then they, uh, they seem to have, I don't, I didn't really look around too, too much. Cause I was in the middle of the transactions. I didn't want to like right. go while you figure this out. I'm just going to browse your right. store. You know, I mean, they probably would have appreciated it. I would have probably ended up buying stuff too. Cause there was a lot of cool stuff. But one thing I th- thought was neat was is that they have a ongoing sale that never stops. You can buy two, get one free for the older stuff, right. the used stuff that they have. So you can buy like old Sony games and okay. you know, and buy two of them, get one free, and it's like oh, oh, you know, for, you know. I, I did, I do, I've been there a couple times, and mm-hmm. I like every once in a while I'm tempted. They have that um, over there. It was like eighty bucks last time I saw it. And it must have been an older model because since then I think a newer model came out where. It's Super Nintendo games, Sega Genesis games, and I think Sega Saturn games, all in a like one unit that has you know comes with two wireless controllers and ports for the wired controllers that yeah the original ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I've always been tempted to kind of really try it out because I like buy it because I'm like I, I mean I, you you want to you you see this stuff and you get kind of like nostalgic. You want to go I'd yeah. like to go back and play some of these games back in yes. the day. Is that me or you? That's me. Uh, it's, it's you? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, getting, everything's getting loud. Okay, okay, that's me. <laughs> I'm fiddling with the, the knobs. <laughs> He's fiddling with his knobs. I'm fiddling knobs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I'm talking, I'm going, I think I'm sounding really loud. I'm like, hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, tell me about it, Ed. And then I'm like, maybe I should, maybe I should turn mine up a little bit. Let's like, I'm just turn mine down because when you did that, it got really loud. Yeah, well, look. <laughs> I project. <laughs> <laughs> and usually it's not his voice. <laughs> He's usually vomiting. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so that was uh, Saturday. Anything? So, so weekend without the wife was productive. Well, I mean, I had a honey-do list, you know. I had to, you know, she uh, gave me things uh, to do, and I, I got those all done. So I was, like, feeling proud of myself that I had it all done and on. I just... Are you going to give me a honey-do list? Absolutely. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I said, that was pretty much it. But like I said, I, I I'm I'm going going to go back. Definitely going to go back to the yeah. to that shop, and you know I'm going to trade because they're like, hey, you've got anything else old? Bring it back. You know, they even took like we had, I had a Nintendo in the box. I didn't realize I had it in right. there, and they looked at it and they tried it out, and they said it, it's broken. So you know, uh, to me right away, like you know, there's, blow on it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they still took it. Right. You know, they'll take it for less well, money. It's called Game Fix, so they can fix it. Yeah, but I mean, it was just one of those like odd things. It's just like you know, if you go to like another store, right. like if it's not working, they don't really want it because they yeah. don't want to go through the process of trying to fix it and sell it that right. way. You can take GameStop; it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to insult, insult some people. I know that's all right. <laughs> um, and then they, I had a three apparently from a Sega 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 Genesis. There was like a three D virtual reality, like the first attempt at it oh, okay. back in like the I think nineties. Oh. And they they actually took that. They it was like it was like I'm like there was no strap on it. They had to like hold it up there, but they were able to test it. And they're like, this is great because we have another one that doesn't work. And they put the two they'll put the two together oh. and make a full you know. So if I go in there like next week, if I see it, I'd be like, that's Ed's. <laughs> <laughs> it was mine. Like how much you give you? Ed? This is how much I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> actually, they gave a receipt for the. How nice. much everything was, you know, was, so, yeah. Was it a good take? I mean, was it a fair price for what you had? Well, I mean, the the one box with all the original NES and the n- broken Nintendo, they gave me 33 bucks for, which, 
you know, that's for, not bad. I mean, for something like that's I'm broken that right. no one's using. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other the other box that had the the virtual reality actually had a Sega Genesis in it, which worked. And like all these NES games and Sega games and and the uh, Xbox 360 games, I ended up in with like eighty six bucks for that. Wow! So I was like, yeah. Look at you rolling, Daddy Warbucks. Yeah, it's not my money. Oh. <laughs> Did you get a cut at least? Well, uh, my my uh, in laws were the thirty three. I just gave that to them today, and they were like, "Well, we could split it." I'm like, nah, "It's not worth it. Like, just take the money, you know." But go buy a pizza with that. <laughs> <laughs> So you're gonna really get pretty much right. a couple pies, you know, and then the 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 eighty six. I think I'm gonna hopefully I'm gonna split because uh, the owner of the company said you know if I sell it he would split the profits fifty okay. fifty. So I'll make a little money. I was gonna say tell me I'm sold for a hundred bucks. So you keep fifty and he gets <laughs> maybe he gets fifty and I no you split it half halfsies. Tell him it's a hundred, right? And then you go here's your half. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> Tell him you sold it for... Wow! Uh, I am never bringing you any accounting stuff at all. I'm going to work. I'm gonna make sure that if we have any money that comes to this station, that I'll take care of the books. Yeah, I'm so bad. Wow. <laughs> sorry, I brain fart. It's the heat. It's the heat. Tell him you made, tell him you made $50 and give him $25. That's what I meant to That's say. That's okay. what I meant to say. That way you walk away well, a little bit more honest. than I'm too honest. That would keep me up at night. <laughs> just sweating your back on. Oh my god! I just dripped him out of twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else there? No, that's uh, that's that's pretty much my fun filled week. I didn't get any gaming in. I, I really want to play Watch Dogs, like I've said in the right. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I played like five minutes of it when I bought the game just to make sure it worked right. okay, and it did and worked very well. But I haven't gotten back to it. So, um, yeah, my gaming's kind of tapered off a little bit too. Not until next week, though. Oh, next week. That's the, a big week. The 9th of August. Whew, baby, I love you, but uh, I'm, I'm, I have I got to do it for the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no Man's Sky finally hits <laughs> hits my my PS4. Can't yeah. wait. Can't wait to discover the universe, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see what that's going to be like. Uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's, it's, I'm going to be sitting there coming the next day on the show going, oh, my God, Ed, I stayed up for 12 hours just... Just flying through space. <laughs> I've run out of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll just, I'll just watch space, the final frontier. <laughs> Me and my starship, Millennium Falcon, are, <laughs> are traipsing through the galaxy, Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> um, most of my week I got well, hasn't been outside of Monday going to the movies. Kind of a quiet week because I've, I've worked a lot this week. A lot. A lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't really do much, did we? Mm-mm. We didn't do anything. Oh, <laughs> she did finally get her finish her project. Yeah, though. I did see that. I saw it on Facebook. Looks really nice. Thank you. Looks really nice. Um, though on the ride up, yes, something interesting happened. I okay. Ed, remember back in the nineties, yeah. there was the 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 East Coast West Coast rap rivalry. Yes, I found <laughs> out little did I know there's a country and western one. Really? Yes. It's kind of like I guess West Texas, East Texas. I don't know because uh, it's it's how just she, in Texas. Well, no, it's it's, okay. it's in country music. Okay, where that you have the I would say like the like the Wellen and Jennings, uh, Charlie Daniels bands, Willie Nelson's like the guys who sing about being you know country, like you know uh, drinking beers, fishing, trucking, mudding, whatever, whatever 
country folk do. Right. And then and then there's the <laughs> and then there is the Is it accurate? Is it as the accurate kinda. Okay. <laughs> and then there's the East Coast um country singer where it's they're the lovey dovey guys. Like, I just love my baby and would take her out kind of you know, okay. like, like can't we just be in love? And apparently there's a song with Whistle and Dixie. There's explain it. Okay. Explain the explain the feud. Okay. So it doesn't actually the coins. Sorry. <laughs> you done? Yes. You Get sure? used to this. He okay. does this a lot. No, he's gonna stop. Okay, just talk. Okay. So it's not actually East Coast and West Coast, right? right? That's just what we that's how he understands it. Okay. Okay. It's it's more so everybody all over, but in country music right now, there's about half country music is split because there's a bunch of country singers that feel like country's being turned very poppy. You okay. Know? Um, and they don't like that, and they feel like it's not real country. It's the stuff that's played on the radio, mostly. Right? Okay. So a bunch of artists are starting to make songs that, like, if you listen to it, you can tell that they're taking jabs at the poppy country people. Like, there's a song called Whistling Dixie, and in the song he's saying that, you know, this is his life. He really does this. He really does go out and go hunting, and he really does, you know, have all these guns, and he really he really does live this very country boy life. Mm-hmm. As opposed, he's like, I'm not just Whistling Dixie, you know, okay. as opposed to... Some people like Luke Bryan, who I I actually like both sides of the feud. You know, okay. it kind of depends on what I want to listen to. Right. Like I'll switch from the lovey dovey ones, and then all of a sudden it's not lovey dovey all, and it's drinking and fishing and smoking and hunting and you know what I mean and all that stuff, and then I'll kind of go back to the lovey dovey. So I like both sides of it, but right now the artists are kind of at each other's throats because they're saying that, you know, you're giving country music a bad name and this is why no one wants to listen to country anymore and this is why, you know, we only have one radio station in every town or area as opposed to, like, there's lots of rock stations and there's lots of rap stations and the Today's Hits, but a lot of places, especially, like, up here, only have one. Now, in the South, there's a lot more than one, right? Like, it's more (laughs) country music than it is, like, anything else. Right. But everywhere else, they're like, you're ruining country music for us. Like, you're you're making it so poppy and so lovey-dovey, and you're up on stage gyrating your hips, but you're not actually singing about anything that country people really do or go through. So there's, like, a, a feud right now going on. Okay. It kind of reminds me, actually, of the late 70s, the punk age, when the punk bands were doing it, TPGBs in New York and, and California, and they were okay. doing different things. And they were, like... They didn't really like rock music because it was all like, you know, those millionaires making all this money on their albums because they're right. doing top 40 radio and this is real music. And then, of course, people go, well, people love the Ramones and people love, you know, like, right. you know, all these different bands. So we're going to give them money now to do albums. And then right. now they become these super huge sellouts. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the way that a lot of country artists are feeling because they feel like. You know, you you are doing this this music that you're calling country music and you're claiming to be from these areas that are what we say like in the, are in the sticks, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you're claiming to be from here and you're claiming to grow up your whole life here. But in reality, you don't even write your own stuff and you don't really live that life. And, you know, you don't do that. And he's fascinated by it. I'm kind of used to it. So I'm like, mm, it's, you know, it's well, not that I'm, cool. I but... mean, well, I, of course, I'd be fascinated. Because I haven't been introduced. I don't live in that area. So it is kind of like, wow, that's weird. Like, I never would have thought. Like, to me, country music is country music. There's a, 
a certain sound and a certain feel. There's always a slide guitar somewhere or a fiddle somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I never thought it would be like, no, these guys are, it's like the Hatfield McCoys for real kind of where it's like one group doesn't like the other group. I was like, wow, that that's fascinating. Oh, it always is. I mean, especially when you have genre music and how the sub genres come out and you, you know, there was a thing on channel 12, a documentary about certain music that young people are playing in like uh, Tennessee and, and Kansas and they're playing these this music and they're not recording it. They're just right. it's just live performances mm-hmm. that they do mm-hmm. because it's it's how they feel and mm-hmm. how they play and they play banjos and they play you know acoustic guitar and they have different instruments that they've learned and they it's been generations being mastered. It's not something like you go to a music store and you go, Yeah, I wanna learn banjo, you know, and then you know, <laughs> right, you, you play right. a pian- banjo and you write a few songs and you're like, I'm a banjo player in a in a band or a solo artist. No, it's a lifestyle. It's really how a lot of people live. Yeah, you know what I mean? and it's like a kind of like a, a, a I hate to say it like this, but it's a backwaters kind of mentality because they so. they don't want to they don't want to step out into limelight in terms of you know, but they have festivals, they have mm-hmm. hundreds of people coming to these festivals from all over the area mm-hmm. that they come and listen to these live shows. And like I said, none of it's recorded. Only only time you hear it live recorded is somebody's videotaping it. Right, you know, right, that's it. Right. And that's you know, it might be on YouTube and that's it. But that's the extent of their uh, of the recordings of their of their music. No, yeah. the, these the, these people don't want to to record anything. They don't want to be famous. They don't want to do right. Right, I'm saying like because like, it's going to make them change. They're going to make them change their music because that's not the stuff that's played on the radio. You know, and that's where like the people are saying, "Well, you sold out." You know what I mean? Like you, you aren't. You know, I mean, you I've I've been in a band, so I understand right. that kind of point of view because you I've been approached several times. You know, and. A lot of times you, you want to, you go, this is what people come to see play. Like I write this song and this is what people come to see and they love the song. They tell me about how much they love the song. And then some studio comes in and goes, we can record a, a you know, a, a six track demo or, you know, that kind of thing. Get record companies interested in you. But here's the, here's the deal. When you, when you sign over, all of your rights basically go away. It belongs to the record company. Right. And then you have to make changes because maybe a word you say or a statement you make in there won't get airplay. Right. So now you have to make that conscious decision going, I want, I want to really hear my music. So yeah, I'll do that. Well, I'll, you know, I'll make yeah, those it's changes. That, it's that double-edged sort of, I'm an artist. I want people to appreciate my art, but I have to kind of change in order to kind of mold into the right. corporate way of doing things. So that way I can be a bigger entity than my, what I want to be. But I think that's the problem with music in general nowadays. It's because every, every single pop artist, I don't, I I don't know any rock. Like we have one rock station, MMR Mm -hmm. and it used to be two YSP and and MMR. But then all of a sudden now it's terrestrial radio has gotten that manufactured kind of popism. But I kind of feel like it's just like that's why I don't really listen to the radio anymore. I'll, I'll download music that I like or a song that I like, but I won't follow that band anymore because it's just like, why? I know it's funny. Back in the eighties, um, every once in a while, I would, like when you buy because went back in the day when we bought cassettes, it, yes, there would be like you know produced by you know the 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 basically the title cards. Mm-hmm. Am I want to call them? Whatever there was, the one the record hit, jackets. Yes, thank you. Whenever there is that one hit that made it big on the radio, if you look, it's always produced by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's why most of the time that song is the only good song on the album. The rest of the song, the rest of the album, because I've come across like some really 
yeah, I love that song. I'm going to buy the album or the cassette. And I'm like, oh, my God, this cassette's crap except for that one song. Shit, I just wasted, what, $12 at the time yeah. back then. And it was just always like, wow. And that's why I started leaning more towards the singles area. Every once in a while, I'll go, like, it wasn't until certain bands, if I would see them live, I'd be like, you know what? That was a good set. I'll buy, I'll follow that. I'll buy that album mm-hmm. you know, or some of their albums and do it that way. Like I, I never had, and I never would have thought that country music would have been like, you know, there's a line drawn here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really surprised. I really, I'm really not. I mean, it's it's interesting to hear that that's actually happening in right. in the in that, that genre of music. But I've never never you know thought that that would happen. I thought, oh, you know, they're looks like every, boys. You know. everyone's making music, drinking shine, and you know, dancing. No, there's phonies out there. Yeah. <laughs> Country boy wannabes, you know they're like the million vanillies of country. What's the same? They're, they're, I mean, like they're like the same. There's certain bands that you'll never hear play today. Like Green Day, really didn't get for a long time. Didn't get airplay right until they've gotten to that stratosphere of popularity of MTV. When the last of the videos when they were right. you know playing on MTV and people love them and started buying their albums. And now they write what they want. They you know like this is this is this is what our song. This is what we wrote. You know, but I mean, they, I'm sure they still have certain guidelines they have to follow, you know, sure. like, you know, and then, you know, as long as I don't go too far over the edge, I'm okay. It's what's like, like, that's the you know, thing it's I hard. always watch. It's hard to be anti-establishment in New York for the establishment. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. Yes. laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong has said in, in the past, he goes, he goes, you know what though? He goes, yeah, I am a sellout. I, I know I'm a sellout. I've, I've got to the point, but. The money's so good, I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's... I, you kind of... You want to make a living by doing what you love to do. And when you start making that money, people turn around and go, well, you sold out. Well, that was kind of the plan. <laughs> like, I want to make money from it. I mean, that's where people, like, people bitched about, like, Metallica when they, they kind of went soft. Or Manson went through that. Like, you can only be angry for so long. You're only <laughs> an angry, starving artist for so long that all of a sudden... It's hard to be angry when you got three million dollars sitting in the bank. Yeah, you're like, I'm a little miffed today. You know, <laughs> like I'm miffed. Because I'm just a little cheesed. I'm a little cheesed because my latte didn't have enough foam on it. Let me write about it. You know, it's that's exactly it. Yeah, it's, it's when you're out there and you're hungry and you're starving. And you're going, I'm so mad at the world. And then about 10, 20 years later, when you make, you're like, la 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 la. I hate you. I hate this. My coffee's too dark. I didn't get enough cream. <laughs> they misspoke my wrong cup of my, they my cup. Would you listen to that Metallica song? No. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, but like I said, I feel like every, every hardcore band goes through that. I, I think, you know, you notice, like, okay, like, um, In Excess, you too, when they first were not big names, I was listening to them, and I didn't really feel like, like when they became huge hits, I was glad for them, because, like, I liked their music. And I think everybody else would. Good for them. Yeah. I wasn't like, they sold out. Because there's something, I guess, when you find a band and you're like, and you love them, and yet you're always going, dude, you got to hear this band. And then you introduce somebody to that music and they like it. You kind of feel like, um, it's my band. Right. Like, I'm a part of them. They're growing because of me. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you go to a concert and you, you used to be able to get like front row tickets for cheap. And next thing you know, you're in the nosebleeds, paying out the ass. You're going, these guys sold out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got screwed. I remember the boy album. Where were you? <laughs> you know, 
I was just saying, I remember Red Hot Chili Peppers in college, like, you know, listening to that album. Yeah. And it was like, it was like so phenomenal. And I was like, wow, like this is a great band. It was like college play kind of stuff that you only get. And like, you know, people would pass around albums, go oh, try this out. And then you, of course you go to record stores and they ha- they sell them. It's not like right. they're not there. They're there. It's just that they're not major labels like producing yeah. them. So you end up buying all their albums, listening, getting involved in a lot of their stuff. And then all of a sudden, a major record company goes, well, they're making all this money. They'll make yeah. really money, a lot of money for us. So let's get them in. And that's when they become this big sensation. And next thing you know, every song, song they sing about is California. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. They're, every song lately, it sounds like, hey, we live in California. Yeah, we know. We got it. Look <laughs> at the beaches of California. Here's our new song, The Knights of California. I'm like. Guys, ever leave your neighborhood? <laughs> like, there's a whole world out there. Why would you like? Let me hear about the Knights of New York, like, or something. Like, I'm, I'm guys toured the world. California. I got stabbed in Paris. <laughs> there you go. There's a song. West Coast is the best coast when you're in California. <laughs> then Flea shakes his butt and they make a million dollars. <laughs> the sack's gonna fall off sometime. <laughs> Right now, someone's like, I'm a Red Hot Chili Pepper fan, and you guys are jealous. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you just go dream California. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was pretty much my, I mean, and then, besides Killing Joke, I saw Born I did, the Bo- Jason Bourne today. Yes. So um, The Born something. The Born something. I was... <laughs> Born yesterday. <laughs> I was born again. <laughs> have you have you heard about and Jesus? The, and the sequel, Twice Born. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm curious to see. Would you like to hear my review now, or would you wait till we'll see where it hits on the top ten, top five? We can see where it tops in the top five. I, right. You know, I, I think I know where it is, but you know, I just looked. But oh yeah, I see it too. <laughs> But, but I uh, kind of figured that's what was going to be, you know, based off of... Uh, yeah, the one day was kind of a uh, big hit for yeah. the first day. But So let's give us the top five. All right, top five movie, kids. Here we go. Number five was the number three movie. It was Lights Out. It made $10.8 million over the weekend and 42.8 overall. That's the movie about being scared of the dark. With a $4.9 billion budget. $4.9 million? Yes. So it made uh, almost 10 s- times the amount. Expect lights out too. The blackout. <laughs> the blackout. <laughs> You're like, uh. All right. What else? The number four movie was the number two movie, The Secret Life of Pets. It made eighteen point two million over the weekend and two hundred ninety six point one overall in the four weeks release, and has a seventy five million dollar budget. Okay. All right. All right. Number three was a new release, Bad Moms. It made twenty three point four million over the weekend, and that's where it sits, and has a twenty million dollar budget. So it's already made a profit. I, okay. I gotta be honest. I really want to see this movie. <laughs> I, I, I kind of figured. It's got Kristen Bell. Yeah. It's got Christina Applegate. Uh-huh. And it's got Mila Kunis. Yes. I, come on. A Sean Sandwich. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's, that's called the club. <laughs> the club. <laughs> All they needed was like Angelina Jolie to be one of their mothers. And I've been like, sold. I would have been like, Dad, you go see Jason Bourne. I'm going to go see Bad Moms. <laughs> you know? And it's funny seeing Christina Applegate more as the snobby mom. I, I was thinking like, like, when I saw the people that were involved in it, I'm going... Well, Christina's got to be the you know one of the bad moms, and right. I would think that Krista would be more of the snotty mom. But no, role reversal. I'm like, all right, I kind of I I, I want to see it. I'll wait for video. I'm not rushing out. All right, all right. The, well, the number two movie was the number one movie of last week, Star Trek Beyond. It made 24 million, 
and 105.7 overall in the two weeks release and 185 million dollar budget so how much did it make so far total uh total is 105.7 it'll make its money it's oh track. yeah it's another 80 million probably made it worldwide yeah i mean uh, we don't know this is just in the states right yes yeah so i'm sure it's gonna make a gazillion dollars around the world so all right and the number one movie number one movie was a new release jason board it made 60 million dollars over the weekend and that's where it's sitting, and of course, it has a hundred and twenty million dollar budget, so it's already made half. Half, half. In week one. Yes. Oh, what comes out next week? Um, well, I can tell you what comes out next week. Yeah. I think there's oh Suicide Squad. That's yeah, Suicide one. Squad's the big one. Actually, I think it's going to be the number one movie. But uh, Five Nights to Maine is one of them, starring uh, Diane Weist and David Orletto. All right. And then we have The Founder, which stars Michael Keaton and Linda That's the um, Gonnelli. That's the movie of the story of McDonald's. Oh, yes, yes. That yeah. looks pretty good. I, I, have I haven't to seen say. the trailer for it yet, though. What's that? I haven't seen the trailer for it. I have. It's yeah. uh, it, it's really interesting. It looks. Oh. It's. I don't know if I would run out to the theater to see it, but I definitely would like to try and catch it. It's one of those, like, huh, yeah. how accurate is it going to be? Yes. All right. And, of course, Nine Lives, starring Kevin Spacey oh. and Jennifer Gardner. Uh, okay, I I don't get this one. I mean, I get it. Everyone loves cat videos, and everyone loves cats. You know that the internet is wrought with kitten videos and cat videos, and I like uh, the only thing I have to say is Christopher Walken's in this movie. Yes, okay, I know. And, and he plays a store owner, right? And I'm like, wasn't this done? It was called Click oh, with wait, a V. With wait, a... Wasn't this done called Gremlins? <laughs> Because <laughs> didn't the guy walk in had the quirky guy? But like, I, I don't. Yeah, click. Yeah, click works. Yeah, he was a click. He was the he guy. Was he was the, the same thing. Maybe, maybe it's, it's a, the same it's a sequel. <laughs> maybe it's a sequel. Maybe it's it's. Oh how? Okay, see now I'm interested <laughs> because now imagine this as a as an anthology of movies where Christopher Walken plays that goofy guy behind the counter who goes, you know what you need to do is this. I'm telling you, it'd be great. You know, like, I know, worst walk never, but yeah. I that was good. Um, but, I mean, imagine if he was, like, and you find out that it's not, it's the guy character he played in Click, guy in Nine Lives is kind of his brother. Yeah. And then you go see, like, a third movie where he, he owns, like, a quirky car dealership and turns a guy into a talking car, you know, and that's, like, a second cousin twice removed where you go in the past and... I'm going to turn you It's into- the same person. <gasps> oh, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan directs. Yes. Know? Speaking of M. Night Shyamalan, I saw a trailer for his new movie, Split. Yeah. Looks really good. Is it? Really good, really creepy. It's um, James McAvoy's in it, and James McAvoy's in it, and James McAvoy's in it, and then there's some girls who I don't know, and oh yeah, James McAvoy's in it, because it's about a guy with multiple personalities, uh. and he plays each character yeah but like he's the theory, but there's like a, a huge amount of personalities in there like there's like a nine-year-old boy there's a woman there's a crazy killer and then there's this, this beast and he has these women underground and he's to hold them it looked really good and really creepy i was like oh this might pull him back from the brink of the village you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and it, finally coming out next week is suicide squad starring will smith and jared leto and don't forget Margot Robbie. Well, that's the only two. That uh, so that, that's the only two? It's the only two. Oh. On the list. Yeah, we're going to be seeing that next week. Um, yeah. Um, 
I don't know any 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 hopes dreams. You know, I'm 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 keeping an open mind. That's all I'm gonna say. Face. that that brief pause and uh sigh doesn't speak too much go give and give us more i'm actually really really excited for suicide squad are you i am i am um for me it's like any time something that i like is going to be on a big screen i'm like yeah i'm so excited for that right i have like a couple complaints about like the way that harley sounds hate the way that she looks and like the the outfit that they're giving her all the attention in you know, uh-huh. i hate it i hate that the purple and the blue i mean the pink and the blue hair i fucking hate it right <laughs> but hopefully she'll do good enough i think that her voice is horrible and i don't understand why she didn't do her wolf of wall street voice because that would have been perfect per- like have you not watch have you not heard anything that harley is supposed to ha- sound like but I'm also really, like, at the same time, I'm excited to see it on a screen. You know what I mean? I'm excited for the next person to come play the Joker and, and to see how he's going to do. I love, I think he's going to do great. I don't have a problem with the tattoos in any way, shape, or form. I know he hates the jam- damage thing across the forehead. I don't really care. I think that he looks really, really good as the Joker. Like, like visually, he looks really good for me. His laugh sounds like a little bit forced, you know what I mean? But... I guess you're not going to really know that until you see why he's laughing like that. And like, why, Makes why sense. is that the laugh that he's doing at that moment in time, which you can't tell from any of the trailers because they're trailers. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm excited for it. No matter what, like, I'm like, I'm going to love it. Hopefully if I hate it, y'all are definitely going to. Oh, it. it's going to be a good show. That Sunday. <laughs> That's right. Next week, next Sunday. She hates it. We're just going to go. And what do you think about the Suicide Squad there, sweetheart? And you and I could like leave, yeah, and then come back like an hour later, <laughs> and, and I'll sh- still be bitching. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, this would be the easiest show ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, just- I'm thinking, I don't know, have you have you been let down before, like with things that you were really passionate about, and then all of a sudden they give you something, and you're like, finally it's out, and you sit there and you go. What the fuck were you thinking when you made this piece of shit? Batman stuff? No. Okay. Disney stuff? Yes. Okay. You know, like, um, I was kind of let down by Frozen, you know? Like, really? Ooh, I was. I, I like the movie, and I have sisters, so, like, that part really, like, set with me really well, uh-huh. you know what I mean? But I really feel like they, like, overdid it on the whole Elsa not thinking that on an it's Disney, okay? They all have princesses, and they all have princes. And the princess goes and gets her prince, and that's what they do. That's what they always do. That's what they're going to keep doing. Well, apparently not that's what they're going to keep doing, but that's what they do. So, like, I was like, well, will y'all push that really, really hard. Like, y'all really went over the edge with the whole Elsa doesn't think that Anna should be this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, eh. And then I was like, he hates Olaf. I really like Olaf. I, I, okay, again, I, I like Olaf the character. He's he just right. like he doesn't like the guy who portrays him in the behind yeah, the scenes. I know, the voice. but every time we see something that's Olaf, I'm like, look, babe, it's Olaf. He's like, I fucking hate Olaf. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, I'm old school. I'm old school soap opera guy where like I believe that the person on screen is that person. So I'd be like, why did you go do that? Say that thing to that person. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, Olaf, why are you scaring the kids with taking your hat off, head off like that? That ain't right. It wasn't scary. I worked with children. No one was scared of Olaf's head coming off or his nose going through his face or nothing like that. They knew he was a snowman. Their head comes off. Sorry. I mean, I lived through the <laughs> frosty snowman era that, you know, as soon as his hat got flew Who off. melts. Yeah. Dies. Exactly. So I'm traumatized by any talking <laughs> snowman. 
So, I mean, it's one thing to get, what do you call it, a hat flicked off your head and you, you know, turn to a regular snowman. But this snowman's like, look, I'm a snowman. Here's my head. Whoa. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> Frosty snowman scarred me for life. All right. Nice. Nice to know. Nice to know. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, now I got to find, like, Frosty movies. To... <laughs> yes. Yes. Frosty pictures of send you. <laughs> All right. All right well, Just all take right. puddles outside and put a carrot in the puddle. I'd be like, no! <laughs> Frosty! <laughs> no! <laughs> Two pieces of coal and a, and a carrot. <laughs> puddle of water. <laughs> There's a glass of water with a carrot sticking in it. Hey, somebody here to see you. <laughs> no, Frosty! <laughs> 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 Throwing water. Freezer, come back. Where's his hat? You gotta sing the song. That's how he comes back. Frosty, <laughs> Where's his cord pop pipe? <laughs> and his butt nose. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, you like to hear my review of Jason Bourne? Sure. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. It was it was really good. Yeah, really good. the The action scenes were really like it was like not it wasn't nonstop action, but the action pieces were really big. Like it, I'm watching it and I'm just kind of going, "Wow, like that's really expensive." <laughs> like it, like you had like this crowd of people. You like basically. Filmed... I'm thinking of the budget, not the cool action scene that's going. Well, I mean, that's a cool action. Well, that's like that's like what four point two thousand, forty thousand dollars right there, and that well, that fire effect's got to be at least three hundred seventy-five thousand. Wow, I'd say yeah, it's got like a dollar or two at least. You know? <laughs> it was it was fascinating. I the set pieces were really nice, uh, I, and I'm I get sucked in. I mean, I wasn't like that's pretty. You get sucked into the storyline because now this is the fourth Bourne film that he's been in. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's Jason Bourne. I don't yeah. count the one Jeremy Renner was in because it's kind of of a um, spinoff of Bourne. Yeah. Like for the fourth one, it still kind of felt like a Bourne movie. It didn't feel like, hey, here's a cash grab. I mean, it felt really. It was really good. It was visually stunning. The fight scenes were good. Um, the the political intrigue was really nice. Uh-huh. You know, and of course, you know, I'm, spoiler, Jason Bourne comes out on top at the end. Oh, big surprise. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he dies. But, no. But here is three things, Ed. Three things. Three things that I noticed that were wrong. Okay. Wrong. We saw the trailer. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, the in the end of the trailer, where you, know, you remember who he is, and you see him come over and punch that Russian guy in the face, and the guy gets knocked out? Yeah. In the movie, that camera angles over Jason Bourne's shoulder. Uh-huh. So you never get to see that shot in the movie. Oh, uh, okay. Then, when he's talking to, uh, what do you call it, the girl from uh, 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah. He says, like, I know who I am. I know, I know the truth. She's like, you don't know everything? Yeah. That's not in the movie either. Okay. And then the final one is, if you were going, you're ruining the movie. No, just say I'm just ruining the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see the movie that was also in the trailer, but, again, good movie. I'm sure this one would have been better. Chase scene where Jason Bourne, is, you know, they have the whole thing with the car, the SWAT truck shooting up the cars, and you see Jason Bourne with a shotgun at the car and shoots the shotgun. Not in the movie at all. He's in the Dodge and he's driving around, but no shotgun. Oh. And I'm like, well, how did, why is that? What? I hate when they do that. 
I mean, I was like, oh. I hate when they put scenes in the movie in the trailer yeah. that's not in the movie. Well, see, but see now in the movie, like when when he goes to get the Dodge, I'm like, okay, where's the shotgun? Like the shotgun, it wasn't like an undercover police car; it was just a guy's car that he stole. Mm. You know, because it was he was running out of the casino and. There's a guy, you know, the classic, hey, I just parked up my car, and Jerry's board knocks you over and grabs the keys and runs That's in. Right, and, yeah. and I'm like, where's the shotgun at? Like, okay, whatever. And then there's big chasey, and there's cop cars. I'm like, maybe he gets the shotgun from one of the cops? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to do while you're in a moving vehicle, but. We could have got up close and reached out and grabbed it, you know. He could have. It's yeah. Jason Bourne, right? Yeah. Jason Bourne could have done the old, hey, this one guy's hanging out the window with a shotgun. Let me spin my car around, drive it backwards, go, me, me, grab the, grab the shotgun and drive off. Spin back around again, boom, you know. Yeah. Not in the movie. You know? <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, no shotgun, but it was still a great sequence. That's, I mean, my dad was like, he's like, look, those stunts are great, but every once in a while I feel like that's excessive. Like, <laughs> like I, like the guy... The bad guy is driving away in this in this SWAT truck, right? Yeah. And I I don't know how strong those trucks are, so I can't say what I saw on screen is not feasible. Yeah. And I know it's a movie. Sometimes they exaggerate the action to be like, oh, my God. Right. But this thing was barreling through shit like it was a hot knife through butter. Like when that, that scene in the trailer where the cars are flying off the thing, and I'm like... Okay. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we live in a generation now where things are now trying to be explained to us. Like, uh, Mythbusters did something like that. They had a semi oh, that okay. went through a pile of cars. Yeah. So they had a, they, these cars two by two lined up, and they went straight through. What ends up happening is is that they got about halfway, and then, of course, they had to stop because the, the, the guy who was driving it was going to get hurt. Right. So they had to do it. So they modified the piece in front of it to make, like, a plow. like okay. a like almost like the uh, uh, like an old uh, railroad, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then they could do it, you know. But it was still too dangerous, really, for them to do the the stunt, okay. you know, to pull it off. So when you say something like that, where a normal police, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it had the flat flat bed, you know, the flat front to it, and it had SWAT obviously on the side. But you know, he's hitting these cars, and they're not like in the V shape. They're like it's like a, like a row of three, and to see these cars go foom foom foom, bing wow wow, I'm like. That seems a little, a little plausible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, there's no house. If you've got a square object, a, a somewhat square object, there's no. Yeah, like, flipping like, over. Yeah. yeah, it just felt like there was a guy sitting there with, what do you call it? The, remember the old, the old gag of the um, telephone booths underneath? They hit the, you know, yeah. the shoot It felt like that was going on. It was like some guy just going. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. It looked great, though. Lots of explosions, lots of shattering glass. Did it make that noise? Big, 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 big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right before the end. <laughs> the final. And then there was a great, you know, like the great scene, like and he's driving the, the Charger, which is probably one of my favorite Dodges. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, he's driving. I'm like, oh, that was really good. And there's like a, the stunt. And I'm like, where's the scene? Because a couple times I was like, are they, since they didn't have the shotgun, are they going to have the scene where the SWAT car goes through the casino part i'm like where is it where, where is it where is it because that's how you're selling the fucking movie yeah is that swat truck going right through the front end of a i'm like they did have it i was like oh and and i it was like all right that's kind of cool it was good i mean and then uh it was like i said there was it it let, definitely led off for another jason Bourne sequel of course if pop if available right of course they had to um this one went and what i liked about it is when you have a series of movies like that, 
how they can pull footage from the old one mm. to incorporate into the plot of the new movie to see how young Matt Damon was when he had the role. I was like, oh my God, he was like a kid. Like, I mean, he, I don't know how old he was, but he seemed like early, maybe maybe late to early 20s. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, late 20s, early 30s, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, like, that's he's a baby boy. <laughs> Little Matt Damon, little baby boy, Mr., you know, Dogma and, and how you like them apples, you know? <laughs> how do you like them apples? Yeah. Was that a movie? It? Yeah, no, it wasn't the name of the movie. It was the um, the movie, oh, God damn it, with Robin Williams and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Good um, Will Hunting? Yeah, that's it. Good Will Hunting. Sorry. I, for life, you know, <laughs> I've been blanking on stuff all day today. <laughs> now you know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been like, I've had these like, mental moments like, Huh? What? Okay. <laughs> now, I, I highly recommend if you're a fan of the movie series, it's definitely a, a good... Worth a, uh, seeing. Yeah, it's a good addition to the series of Jason right. Bourne. If you've never seen any Bourne movies, it's still a nice one to jump onto because it does give you kind of a synopsis of what happened in the first three movies mm-hmm. that he was in. You know, it was like, hey, this is... Because t- it ties into that movie. So, you know, I, I find that whenever a... Um, series wants to kind of reboot itself with the original actor, they always give it just the name of the character. <laughs> like Jason Bourne. Like, okay, well, which one is it? Doesn't matter. It's Jason Bourne. Like, so you're kind of rebooting it, kind of, because it's still Matt Damon. Yeah. But it kind of gives that little, we're going to, here's a little nice little, it tied up everything beautifully and yet left it open for an eventual sequel. Okay. Yeah, um, we saw, like I said, you know, normal trailers. Um, the Sully one, we saw the new, um, I would say, Dan Brown book, um, Inferno. Yeah. That looks pretty good. I like, we were just talking, because we were watching TV, uh, National Treasure was on, one of one of her favorite movies. Um, and then we started talking about the Da Vinci Code and Angel and Demons, and then um, to see the trailer, I was like, wow, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, I knew it was coming out, but it, it makes me want to see it. Like, I kind of want to see the other two. And then see the third one. Right. I, I mean, I've, I, ha- I own the first two. Okay. I, only, I think we didn't have the show back when Angels and Demons. I had a problem with the movie because it's it's set as a sequel to The uh-huh. Da Vinci Code. But book-wise, it's the first book. So it's technically should have been a prequel. Yeah. And they changed a few things like as far as you know imagery. I was like, well, all right, book was better. Like, it, was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely, it was like, book was better. The book was better. Like, I kind of want to read it. I'm a snob, but book is like, better. I didn't know he made another another novel. I didn't know, if, like, so I kind of want to read that one before I go in to watch seeing this movie. Because like I did with the other two. Right. And sit there all judgmental. That's not in the movie. Why? <laughs> you mean that's not in the book? It's not in the book. Why yeah. is that in the movie? There you go. So, thank you, Ed. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, that's that's my review. All right, go see it. Uh, we also go, we go to now go into uh, Killing Joke. Um, do you well? I mean, do you want to do that now? We can, or do you want to do it because I know it hits. Spoiler: It comes out this week on video. Yeah. So I didn't know if you wanted to wait until we talk about it as as in during the process of hey, this is what's coming out. We could do that. I, I you know, I just. Wasn't uh, sure. How uh, no. Okay. You know what? Fine. Let's 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 give a review. Okay. Um. Okay. Why don't you say? Uh, all right. Releases this week. 
First one, Killing Jokes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Reason of the week, kids. Here we go. First one, Batman the Killing Jokes coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this you're, week. You're kidding. <laughs> no. Well, we got to see The Honor. By we, I mean Ed, myself, and Stacy. We went to go see it in the theaters. It was a fandom event, which was supposed to be one night, one time, that turned into one night, two times, and that turned into two, two nights, four times. Yes. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> Um, so we got to see the 10 o'clock showing, which, uh, which wasn't packed, thankfully. All right. So what we had nice good seats. Now I knew going in, it was going to, it wasn't just going to be just a killing joke. They had to kind of set up with a bat, the Batgirl story right. a little bit to kind of, you know, for people who don't know the killing joke, I guess, kind of give you a little something, something, right. You know, um, so let's go around the room and we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Well, we want to start why with. Do I, why are y'all both looking at me like? Well, I don't no, no, I'm, I'm sitting there going like, "What do I want to start?" I mean, you, Ed, you know what? You go first. Oh, my, go first. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, it, I haven't read the comic book since it probably when it came out, like back in the '88, right. I think it came out, and I, I think I've read it in the '90s, and that was about it. And so I don't really remember much, but I remember enjoying it. So it was like, oh, great, they're going to do an anime right. feature. I'm in. You know, like I, I can't wait to see this. And then as you kind of sit there and think about it as before the movie was starting, I'm sitting there like thinking about like what was in the book, like what what do I remember? And right. I'm like, you know, there were certain things. And then uh, we had friend of the show, Dave Sipon with us. He saw actually saw the seven o'clock show or seven thirty show and then snuck in. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ten o'clock show, he was there. Um and he didn't he didn't tell me anything about it, which was great. That was good. But he was one of the things before, though, he was talking about different different things that he remembered in the comic book. And he goes, I hope it's really in there. And then if I said, well, it's rated R now, so I think they're going to put those kind of scenes in there. I don't think it's going to be drawn out to that full extent of what it's going to be, but they're going to give those implications like they did in the comic book. Right. And I, they were true to form. I mean, that was, that was the main thing. It was really one of those movies that was, I think, really adapted well from the comic book. Uh, the the only scene I thought was odd, and it made sense after you watched it, was the whole. I guess I can spoil it now, right? Since it's uh, it's already out in digital. Yeah, most people have seen it. it. I mean, I guess spoilers. So, because uh, we're probably going to want to talk about that anyway. So, spoilers. If you don't want to, if you don't want to know, you might want to stop now and you know come back in about ten fifteen minutes and maybe a little longer. <laughs> be a fast forward, and we're still talking about it. Yeah, keep going. Um, so go ahead, Ed. and so it, there was there was a scene where there was a musical number that was put into it, and they you know, and they actually talked about it after the movie about the the artist that created that whole scene sequence. And I, when I re- remember reading the comic book, I'm like, you know, I never thought of a song and dance kind of number, you yeah, know? Did I? Because I, of course, though back in the day, you had to think of it was before. Uh, uh, Batman with uh, Michael Keaton. The only Batman we had was the '60s Batman with uh, Cesar Romero as playing the Joker, and how his performances. That's how you kind of have it in your head. And his way of it wasn't a song; it was like a a poetry, rhythmic poetry that he would do. And that's the kind of way I read it. Spoken word, spoken word type of like a you know like song almost. You know, right. Like a Shatner doing a, Shatner doing uh, a <laughs> Mr. Temperyman, <laughs> Lucy in the sky. Sorry, you know, <laughs> but a little bit more rhythmic because that's how Caesar Romero was right. in the Joker as a Joker. <laughs> yes. Uh. 
So that's the only way you could visualize in your head was, was thinking along those lines. So when they did this whole musical number, I'm like, that is so bizarre, you know? Yeah. And it was like, but that's not the only thing that's bizarre in this movie. So it kind of fits in with it, everything else. Right, right, right. So it made, it made perfect sense. And then, of course, having the original cast of Kevin Conroy, uh, Luke... Uh, uh, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Terry <laughs> Strong. Poor guy. <laughs> That's how I only know him as. Um, but to, to have that kind of voice cast, a strong voice cast in there, it was just phenomenal. It's like it bringing just, the band back together. Exactly, and it was just great to hear those voices again, portray those those characters, and just in that kind of you know design of of uh, I forget the the artist who drew uh, the original Killing oh, Joke. <laughs> I know Alan Moore wrote the the uh, the 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 the, uh, uh, the story, but uh, I forget who the artist was. And it was just it was it was just visually the stunning. Illustrator is Brian Boland. Yes, Brian Boland. I can't. Right, there you go. <laughs> so that's I mean that was my kind of take. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to get it on you know my hands a copy on it tomorrow, and then you know or <coughs> Tuesday, and then you know right. watch it again and again and. See any the other extras? They'll be on the uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, because the the right before the movie, they had a nice little Mark Hamill kind of vignette about him, how he got started, where his claim to fame started from, and then compounded with the Joker stuff. And at the end, it was the the mu- the music to madness, or what was the name of the little documentary? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, about the musical number, which kind of, which I was like, you know what? I completely I didn't forget about that scene in the, in the, but I never thought it was to music i just thought he was just ranting yeah like I, but it makes sense like when you see it on the screen i'm like well, that makes sense like why wouldn't it be a, a kind of a musical number i just wasn't like i just never really saw joker as a song and dance man that's <laughs> that's the only thing that kind of was like throwing me off a little bit i'm like is he doing vault though like, oh, yeah a little bit when did this happen you know um I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I guess one thing we'll we can talk about too collectively is the the Batgirl stuff prior to because it kind of takes honestly. I felt like it's. I think the movie is like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. You probably, if you're not interested, the real shit, the real good shit, starts happening about forty five minutes into the movie, Mm -hmm. where they do the killing joke. Yeah. Prior to that is a Batman Batgirl storyline that kind of paints the person that Barbara Gordon is now. Yeah. Uh, and how Batman is now in, in this particular story. You know, so it kind of it felt a little I'm going to say a little out of place. It felt like you could have you could have really taken that chunk out and it still would have been hey, it's 45 minutes. I'd have been like, yeah, but it's a solid 45 Five minutes. minutes, right? Up until like when you sit down and you start watching, and I, part of me was just like, "When's the Joker going to show up?" Yeah, like it was just like, "I'm not going." Well, where is he? Like, I mean, I knew this was be kind of like the I knew that this the quote unquote origin story of the Joker mm-hmm. and, and origin story. I'm yeah. like, I don't even see that character here at all. Like, where is he? And then the one of the characters in the story is like the son of a mobster who's very nephew, n- nephew, nephew. Sorry. Nephew nephew who's very narcissistic and very you know um obsessed about Batgirl yeah and I kind of like I was like are they gonna try like are they trying to do like a parallel between this guy and Batgirl as it is with Joker and Batman like I couldn't 
You know, it, it didn't really make too much sense. I mean, it made sense when you're watching it, when you're watching the scene unfold. You're like, okay, I get what they're going at with this, but what as the whole like part of Killing Joke, you're going, why are we being told this? Like, this is just too much off the off the cuff, you know? And I'd be like, it would have been great if they kind of set up the one character that when you Batman meets kind of Joker for the first time in the movie. Right. That that's the guy, you know. And I'd be well, like, well, that would have made a little bit more sense. Well, yeah, but I knew that towel was in the comic book. Like, yeah. So that's kind of my thing was more like what made him go there in the first place, like to go talk to like I forget was it like a lead that he was trying to follow up on because it it came out of nowhere like. He's doing this thing with Batgirl, and next you know he's having this, this monologue with Joker, who's not saying a word except flipping cards, going, I've been doing a lot of thinking about you and me, how it's going to end. I'm yeah. going, why did all of a sudden he choose now to have that point? I don't understand what what projected him to have go there in the first place. Right. To have this conversation with Joker. Because I didn't see, like, was was it the near-death experience that he had in the fight that Batgirl saved his ass on? Or... Like I didn't, yeah. really, I couldn't see the connection there. Like maybe watching it again, I'll be able to pick it up because right. you know I know it comes out Tuesday, and I'm, the moment it's in my hand, it's going to be like we're watching that now. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's not going to be a okay. Let's have some dinner. No, 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 no. We're going to watch this now. I don't care. And we went and watched it again after we get done watching it. Like we're just fast forward and just watch the cat, the Killing Joke stuff. Like because yeah. uh, I I really enjoyed it, and when. When the gang is back together, as far as, you know, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, when they're talking to each other, you feel that history between the two of them. Mm -hmm. You need, I feel like you needed those two to do the voices and knowing that it's those two who have been doing it for 20 plus years now at this point, Mm. you felt that when they're talking about their history together, it was real because they've been doing it together for so long. If you had... Any of the the newer guys doing it, it would have felt distant and more showmany. Mm-hmm. When the two of them actually had that connection at the end, when they're talking, you kind of feel like these guys. I I could buy the two the, the fact they've been doing this together for so long because they have yeah. in in the in the comic books and the video game. I mean, in the cartoon, the video game, and now this, it made sense, right? Babe, what you think of it? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um. Eh, about the bad girl stuff. I'm not her biggest fan to begin with. I think she's better after she gets paralyzed and then becomes Oracle, personally. Um, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I think no, no, she's I... better. Um, I like her more as being the person that Batman has to call and be like, hey, what do I do? As opposed to, no, I don't want you here to come save me because he's a hard ass and he doesn't want to ask anybody for help. You know what I mean? Like, I like more that she's the other Alfred, so to speak, because He's always calling out Alfred. What do I do? Yeah. What's the next step? You know, I like her more as Oracle than I do as Batgirl. Okay. Never been the biggest Batgirl fan. I mean, she's Batgirl, so I'm like, okay, we have to have her. You know what I mean? Like, she's there. She's not, well, she goes somewhere eventually, but, you know, she's not going anywhere for right now. But it, to me, it was like, why do you have to paint this story of them two together? And then a lot of people were like, well, I don't like that they have this love thing, but they don't. She has a love thing. Right. That's... Once I watched it, I was like, okay, everyone's kind of making a big deal about this whole Batgirl, Batman love thing or whatever. But at the same time, once you see it, you're like, no, no, he clearly isn't into it. Like, he, he realizes, okay, I did this. And, like, I mean, if a girl's on top of you, like, what else are you – if he wouldn't have done it, they'd have called him a few. You know what I mean? Like, then he <laughs> wow. would have got slammed for not doing it. Wow. So, see, no. That's kind of one of the things we, got, we wanted to point out is that there's uh, – 
uh, basically alludes to a sex scene, a sexual interaction between Batgirl and Batman, right. which has gotten a lot of people all their feathers ruffled about. Yeah. You know, that, that Stacey's talking about. I mean, I, what else did you want to, to add to that? I mean, you, you took away from I'm sorry. Them. Well, I was taken away because you didn't jump in with the relationship. We haven't discussed that part yet. What? All right, all right, all right. So, I mean, okay, so. Um, other than that, for me, I like the the connection that Batman and Joker have. It's one of my favorite things that make me a fan of the whole story, at, like, all together. You know? okay. So, for me, I was like, okay, I really need them to bring. Because in the comic book, you're reading and you're like, these two people are really, really, like, intertwined together. You know what I mean? Like, they're really, really connected, and, and they're constantly battling, and there's one's always on top, and then the other's always on top, and it's just a back-and-forth constant war that they're going through. So from when they bring that into, like, a live-action thing, I'm always kind of like, please let that come through. Please let that come through. Because if it doesn't, it's going to kind of kill it for me personally, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, as soon as I seen it, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. I can deal with this. And I agree that I think it's a big thing that – it was Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. I, I do think that because being an animated series fan, when I close my eyes and I'm like, okay, what does Batman and the Joker sound like? That's what I hear. Right. I hear them too. No one else, not any live action people. To me, that's Batman and Joker. You know what I mean like everybody else is just someone who was playing a role. But to watch it on a cartoon, you don't see like an actor's face connected to it. You right. see a picture connected to it and then it's the voice that has to come through. Uh-huh. So for in the killing joke for them to be you could tell that that there was some definite um some history between the two of them right. on on multiple levels not yeah. just batman i mean not just batman and joker but kevin Conroy and mark hamill like i completely agree as soon as that stuff happened i could not turn away like i was like i i don't sean don't talk to me don't touch me <laughs> like i could not stop watching it i am thoroughly thoroughly excited to be able to watch it Ever I want to because like it's cute that he thinks I'm the first time I get my hands on it I'm gonna watch it with him yeah that's cute or whatever but he has to work on next week so I'm <laughs> probably gonna watch it over and, and analyze it and completely like go into it I think I'm gonna go ahead before the movie me and you had talked about the last time that I had read it yeah it had obviously it came out before I was even born <laughs> but I had read it like six or seven Ouch. years six or seven years prior to seeing The Killing Joke so yeah. it was a little bit fresher in yeah. my head than it was in yours not a lot but just a tad you know I was like okay I need this certain stuff to be in it and I kind of need this to be in it you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then watching it I was like okay it doesn't feel like it's been that long since I read it like as soon as stuff started happening I was like okay I remember that I see where they're going with that it didn't feel like it had been too long because I was concerned I was like I need to read this again just to have it fresh in my head Mm -hmm. before I go into seeing it but as soon as I started seeing it it, that feeling completely went away it was like I had read it yesterday I may go ahead and read it again before I watch it once we have it just to do it because I don't have anything else to do um, and then once I do that, I may have a little bit more to say about it. Oh, it sounds like we'll revisit, revisit next week. All right. Well, because I know I'll be getting picking up my copy Tuesday. You picking up your copy Tuesday? Of course. So we'll probably have to do a, like, hey, everybody, let's get together, rewatch it a million times over and analyze <laughs> back into the side. You know, <laughs> like, like, analyze it like this is a prudent film. Yeah, I mean, to me, like the Batgirl Batman thing, I, it was all right. I mean, I didn't think. It's kind of like how I felt about the – a little creepy because I always saw, like, more of a father-daughter thing kind of kind of between the two of them. Really? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know why. Maybe because the animated series and and even in the '66 series, I always felt like Batman was just was older than her. Yeah, but he never really, you never really saw any kind of a. There was more like tongue in cheek kind of flirtation, right? But I never really felt like it was going to go anywhere. But in the comic book, apparently they did it. They did it once in like a. Like in a like in a storyline, I think it was like a Batman Beyond 2.0 story. They went back and told about the time Barbara got pregnant, but not by Dick. It was by Bruce. You know, get <laughs> 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 <Dead, chuckle. Dead. laughs> twelve year old. <laughs> what makes the show great. <laughs> um, so like seeing, and of course, and there's the I the also thing. It's just like he knows that. Gordon's daughter. It's not like I don't know who this girl is. <laughs> he knows, and I work. It's like Jim, I'm stupid. Your daughter. Yeah, it's, it's like, like what? It's like every time he lands, he's having this conversation with Jim Gordon. He's like, he, he, in the back of his head, he just goes, "Dude, I fucked your daughter." <laughs> like I, I, I just kind of there's add that that little bit of a you know, Bruce. What would you do? Like, come on, man. It's like saying, "Yeah, dude, you know your daughter. She's kind of cute." Like, dude, we're friends. <laughs> I tap that. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll tap that, dude. <laughs> you know, the curtains do match the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> she is a natural redhead. You know what they say about redheads, eh? That <laughs> Gordon? That Batgirl, she's kind of fine. Don't you think, Gordon? <laughs> like, it's, it's that Gordon. Like, dude! Yeah! <laughs> but I can understand the... the I can understand that... I'm going to say the mistake that happened between the two of them hooking up because I don't see it was, I don't, I think it was her, her. Yeah. Well, the thing is Batman, she has an animation for Batman and then it becomes a sure. love. I and mean, then that's the thing. I mean, through the comics, you always kind of saw that, you know, right. and it wasn't, they never, she never crossed that line because she knew once she crossed that line, it was going to be devastating. Right. And that was the whole thing. Yeah, and and it then, was. And, yeah, it was. and it was, and that's when it ended up being, and that's the whole problem with it is, is that that's why she ended up, I think, more with Dick Grayson than right than trying to hook up with Batman or Bruce Wayne himself because they just he she knew that that was never going to happen because Bruce is is so solely focused on the goal of being justice and that, right. vengeance of the night right and and anybody who gets close to me it winds up dying or he, I just I, it's just my fight my fight alone I am vengeance that kind of you yeah know, like I, I get it but that for that moment I can see that mistake like. It's a human mistake. Her being, you might want to say, it's like daddy issues kind of maybe a little yeah. bit. But also that he's the bad boy. Everyone loves the bad boy kind of thing. And then, you know, the teacher-student kind of like puppy love that kind of ensues that sometimes turns bad. The infatuation and you go, you wake up the next morning and you go, Shit. Like, why the fuck did I do that? Right. And they, you can clearly see both of them kind of felt that way. They both did it in the wrong way. Like, he completely ignored her, and she obsesses over it. Yeah. Because he's ignoring it. Right. And it's just, it's it's two people who act, who, who come together in a brief moment of passion or anger or frustration, whatever it is, and then wrongfully just kind of have to deal with it the next morning. It's you know <laughs> he comes in the back cave, there's a boiling pot, he opens up as a bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a yeah. boiling bat, you know? 
I don't want to be ignored. (laughs) (laughs) Or what do you call it? He's there laying in bed and he's like, he's getting heavy. He looks like he's like, oh, Vicky Bell. And she looks up and he's like, I'm not Vicky. Like, oh, she would sing away female. I mean, no. Yeah, you can be mine or I'll tell daddy. You know I'm not 18 yet. Right? Oh, you know I kind of distinctly felt that she was in her early 20s and he was in his. Like that's the problem with I think another thing with the storyline is like, I, you don't really know how old Batman is in a lot of the stuff in a lot yeah. of the stuff and like when you have Robin who who is traditionally like a teenage boy or a 10 year old boy in some side and Batgirl was always kind of like an 18 year old. Yeah, there's that if he like when you see. In the sixties, for the sixty-six version, Adam West, who's probably in his thirties, yeah, Yvonne Craig, who's probably in her early twenties, yeah, you know, okay, fine, a little bit, but when you see the animated shows and you see like how she was drawn, much younger than Bruce was, you just kind of like, and then to see them kind of in this moment, I think a lot of people felt uncomfortable because they remember the relationship that they had in the animated series and how a lot of people who don't know isn't she supposed to be. In love with Dick Grayson, weren't yeah. they a thing for a while? That was yeah. my argument. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because she's so, her and Dick are supposed to be a thing, but I guess in this, they, they don't know that yet. I guess. Right. Well, and they didn't, they didn't, I don't, they never really address, you know, Robin in the yeah. entire ever. 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 There is a moment that I really liked as, as a guy who likes to kind of like look beyond the screen to what's going on in the background sometimes. Right. There is that one beautiful shot when he's in front of the back computer looking at all these pictures of the Joker drawn in different styles and different looks. There's a picture of him and Harley at one corner. Yeah. But in the upper right-hand corner of the screen is the dead body of Jason Todd. Yeah. Which means Dick de- would have had to be around at some right. point if Jason's already gone. Yeah, so you're kind of like, where's where's Dick? <laughs> like, you know, so I, it's they didn't mention him once. And then at the end, where like there's that moment. And also, one of the big things about the book is that people argue that it's called the killing joke for a reason because Batman kills Joker at the end of that story. Yeah. And they say that that's the reason because Al Moore said this was going to be the last, it's the last Batman Joker story. And when you look at the panels, you have Batman and Joker laughing together and then there's no laugh while there's a siren going on in the background. Yeah. Then it kind of, the laughter dies, ends, and you still see the, the of the, of the sirens of the police car. Yeah. So some people are led to believe that, and they've proven it through stills and photo. You know, they analyze this, this graphic novel for decades. How it's possible that Batman killed the Joker, and other people are saying that's not true. They kind of ended it almost the same way in this kind of ambiguous, like, did he die? Did he kill Batman? Did Batman kill Joker or not? Because the way it ends with the laughter track and the sirens. Yeah. Like... It was really weird. Like it was really like. I mean, I wonder if they're gonna just like. I'm eager for the special features on the Blu-ray because I'm I'm eager to know if they talked about that or if there's like an audio commentary that I'm gonna want to listen to to see when they get to that point. Like if they how they just came across that kind of an ending for the animated version of right. the story because it was really like. I can, I only can say that probably <sighs> it was ambiguous. They didn't want to. They didn't want to end it because. Right. To end the Joker at that point in the in in the whole thing, you go, 
well, now if they go beyond and they have Joker, then it's like, you know, I know it would be a different universe because it would be yeah. a different storyline, but people in their minds think this is an ongoing story with all their characters. Yeah, because, because it does bring Oracle into canon yeah. because of it when it was supposed to be a standalone Elseworld story. You know, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to, you know, it was so good. Yeah. So good. I can't wait, can't wait to get my hands on it again. All right, well, let's see what else is coming out on uh, yes, let's. Uh, movies here. All right, so now people who... Okay, now we're back to normal. <laughs> you can now listen, people. All right, what else? Uh, Keanu is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Such a good movie. Is it? So funny. <laughs> it is. is It was funnier than I expected. It was stupid funny. It was yeah. good stupid funny. All right. All right, what else? Uh, Mother's Day is also coming out on Blu-ray and uh, uh, DVD. All right. <laughs> uh, it's just a... It's a uh, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, well, it's from Gary Marshall. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. Was it his last movie, most likely? I don't know. I, okay. If it's it's going to be the last one, that it's probably going to make the big screen. Um, right. uh The Bronze is coming out. What's that about? I don't know. I forget why I picked it. Because you saw, because uh, I guess uh, it looks like. Oh, oh, oh it has. Uh, it oh. has um, what's her name from uh, Big Bang Theories in yeah, it? M- Melissa Rauch. Yes, she she plays a Olympian that's trying to go through a thing, but it's a comedy. Would you so. like me to give you the... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, it's uh, a decade ago, Hope Ann Gregory, played by Melissa Rauch, was America's sweetheart. Her inspired performance on a ruptured Achilles at the world's most prestigious gymnastic tournament clinched an unlikely bronze medal for the U.S. team and brought glory to her hometown in Amherst, Ohio. But in the years since the epic third-place victory... Hope hasn't done a whole lot with her life. Still living on her dad's, uh, her living in her dad's stands, Gary Cole, there in his basement, still supporting her daily uniform of Team USA gym suit with teeny bobber bangs, ponytail, and scrunchie. She spends her days at the mall milking her minority celebrity, minor celebrity, for free food and favors. Hope's routine is upended when she learns that she must coach Amherst's newest gymnastic prodigy, Maggie, played by Haley Lou Richardson in order to receive a sizable financial inheritance. The hard-edged yet insecure hope is faced with a serious dilemma. Does she jeopardize her hometown hero status by devotedly training this rising star to achieve the dream she never could? Hmm. Okay. Sounds like she's a crybaby. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, all right, what else you got there? Ed? Uh, High Rise is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Was this that miniseries that was on? Uh, uh, yes, it with, uh, with with him and Doc, uh, Loki in the house. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I missed that on TV, so I, I, oh, now you can now you can I, pick it up. I can pick it up. Oh, there you all go. Right, all right. Uh, the Lobster is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. That's the one with um, Colin Farrell. Yes, I don't understand why. Why is it called the Lobster? Uh, a love story set in dystopian near future where single people are arrested and transferred to a creepy hotel. There they are. A uh, obliged to find a matching mate within 45 days. If they fail, they're transformed into an animal and released into the woods. And I guess it's the, oh, I guess lobster, that's where the lobster, lobster comes yeah. to play. Oh, all right. Okay. And then we have Red Sonia, Queen of Plagues, is coming out on Blu-ray. I think this is another... Uh, it's an animated... But I'm curious if it's an, it's, if it's an animated comic book or an animated movie. Ah. Uh. Because you know how they do the motion yes. comics? So it doesn't say. Let me see. La, 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 la. La, la, la. La, la. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't say. does not it. say. Yeah. It's 75 minutes, so it's probably a 
Motion Comics. This was a uh, uh, customer review. This was one of the most amazing motion comics I ever saw. <laughs> Gal Simone's work comes to life thanks to the, the, to the amazing Shout Factory. I'm not a big reader, so this is great for me. we have the mark of zero uh, uh, zero sorry coming out on blu-ray this is an old uh, uh i think from the 60s it's uh, the tyrone power zero not the, yeah uh, antonio bandera zero exactly gotcha uh the invasion of body snatchers the collector's editions coming out that's the classic um you call it uh bound sutherland yes Alright. We also have The Trust coming out with uh, Nicholas Cage and Elijah Wood. <laughs> Star- <laughs> As Vegas cops who stumble upon a location of a hidden vault belonging to a local drug dealers. Let me guess. One has an idea plan to steal and the other one doesn't. I uh, guess so. <laughs> uh, we have The Blacklist Season 3 coming out. I love that show. Alright. Uh, Key and Peel, the complete series is coming out. Did you want to pick that up? Because I did like that show. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, Gundam Build Fires, the complete uh, series Blu-ray collection, which is uh, an old Japanese uh, 1980s... Uh, what show? Uh, what's that? What show? It's called Gundam. It's basically like those oh, okay. jets that transform into robots. Gotcha. So, uh, Heathcliff, the complete series, is coming out. That old 80s oh, cartoon. yeah. This one I know you'll really be interested. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Soaring Over Escape. <laughs> no. No? No. Yes. No. He's, All right. He's He'll buy it. He'll buy it. Uh, little, Let It Be from the Beatles is coming out, the documentary based off of the last album uh, that the Beatles made. Well, okay. Not the last, but the last one released. All right, what else you got? That's it. That's all the releases I have. Is there any honorable mentions you'd like to add to the list? Uh, there is one only because I remember being really, 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 really bad. Cole the Conqueror. Kevin Sorbo. And Tia Carrera. That's right. I have that on DVD. Cole's Son of Conan. Uh, it's hitting Blu-ray. I don't know if it's a re-release or because it's got the, the foreign M on it. So it's uh, this high-action follow-up to Conan the Barbarian stars Kevin Sorbo. From Hercules and Legendary Journeys, as a sword-willing hero, Cole, son of Conan, set in the mythical land of Velusia, Cole is a warrior who rises to become king until corrupt relatives conspire to plot his demise. Yeah, in love with the slave girl Zarita, he is bewitched into marrying the vivacious three-thousand-year-old sorceress, resurrected by Cole's enemy, so they can murder him on his wedding night. Soon, Cole must find the only weapon powerful enough to destroy the forces of evil. Ooh. His acting. What? <laughs> 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 it's not what happens? Oh, sorry. All right, well, um, okay, well, well, now, what comes out next week for video games? Oh, there is none. Oh, there is none? No. That's right, I told you that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing at all. So it's going to be a light week for video games people. It's just, it's just a matter of time before the next week. Yeah. Well, I, and you see me googling something? No. Oh, okay. I'm just setting up for for the next hour. All sorry. Right. In the next hour, we give you news. Why don't you give them a little tease? What to expect? Uh, well, you know what? We we're gonna we're talking to talk a lot about um, DC. A lot of DC talk, yeah, huh? Uh, 
Oh boy. Most of it came out from Comic Con, so. Oh boy. Wow, we're going to be either really mad or, or really pleased. I don't know. Uh, some of it I think is going to be you're going to enjoy. Okay, well, we'll be right back and we'll get to it. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. So, uh, as promised, Ed has a, another bit of nerd news about the killing joke. Yes, it's the, uh, apparently the theatrical release did really well and uh, it broke a box office record in a way. Really? Yes. In a way? In a way. Well,. I mean, you have to look at it kind of like from a skewed viewpoint. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it made three point eight million dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot, but for a two day event, that's, that's for, two, for not only for two days, but for something that normally would be just sold on the market. Right. You know. And then, of course, the, the the way they look at it is the fact that they it beat Star Trek Beyond in a way. They could have to look at it this way. Uh, basically, what it says is that it made uh, two thousand three hundred ninety six per site. So per you know theater, right. if that's what it made, and where uh, Star Trek Beyond made one thousand five hundred ninety-two oh, per okay. site, but of course Star Trek Two had more seatings available, right. more more theaters available for. It. But in in the you know if you look at it that way though, like of how many per per theater it made way more. Of course, obviously uh, over a thousand or close to a thousand I mean, more. Yeah, for two more. nights. You know, yeah, it's pretty good. That's, that's really good that's actually. Really good, yeah, that might make Warner Brothers kind of go. Ooh, is there a way to, did we just did we just inadvertently tap onto something a market that we might have? You know, I, that's the thing that kind of scares me now because now are you going to see now Justice League Dark when that comes out in the fall? We're going to see like a one night event, you know, uh, in the theaters, you know, and then the five event now, and 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 then like tickets might sell because people like the killing joke, and then I mean, not saying it's not going to be a bad movie, but it's just like, is it worth seeing on the big screen? Um. I don't know. See, like, I kind of, I think it depends on the movie itself because we both have agreed on many times that DC's animated direct-to-video mm-hmm. releases are far superior than some of the other stuff that gets hit direct-to-video. Like, Marvel's animation just has not been anywhere near, story-wise, the way DC has. Well, the, the, I think the biggest problem with Marvel is the fact is, is that they, I, I really do. I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm, I'm going to say it this way. And I, I you know, I don't, you put yourself out there. That's right. That's put, right yourself, put your name on it. I think, I think they're giving it to Japanese animators because some of the storylines is that very there's a that dramatic pause like towards the end of the movie where there's a big decision that has to happen and it goes on way longer than it needs right, to okay. be and you kind of go. Just make the goddamn decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's like. All right, it's been twenty minutes. All right, it's time to move on. Like, there was all this great action in the beginning of it, and then there was this weird storyline in the middle, and right. then like you know now the hero has to make a decision on what it is, and then it's the, and it then seems to be it's, it's the recurring theme on all Marvel's video, um, Marvel's um, direct TV. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I think if DC plays it right. They could not do every movie, but every event. Like, let's say in when we were talking in the nerd, in the news article about Justice League Dark, um, if it's going to lead towards something bigger involving the Justice League, mm-hmm. you could have that crossover event on screen. Like some people would go see it. Like I, I would admit, like there's having seen the movie in the theater with the Mark Hamill stuff in the beginning and the little thing at the end, you know, with the, with the music, it still felt like a special event. It felt like I wasn't just watching a, a cartoon. It felt like I was watching a cartoon, obviously, but mm-hmm. it felt, it looked gorgeous on that big screen. Yes. And it was like, 
and the sound was great and the visuals the colors were really popping like it was and if they do it right i mean i wouldn't say hey, let's go see bad blood in the theaters you know or batman versus robin but i mean could you matt i would i would have loved to have seen under the red hood on that screen like the or doom you know like uh, the really good ones the one uh, the one i'm really thinking of, of course is the dark knight returns i mean that was that would have been good yeah that, i mean that was if that was brilliant i mean that was the probably the out of all of them to me other now like killing joke was the the movie like i mean the arrests were good don't get me wrong they, they all the dc movies that they've put out so right. far have been great but i think that was the one because that was such a pivotal comic book in our time yeah if, that yeah made it so great and then see it in animated way and you're like just more blown away by it oh, i was anyway I, you know? I, I, what they could have done and i don't know if they did it or not but when they did the the deluxe edition where they put both movies together as mm-hmm. one movie well, one three-hour movie mm-hmm. i would have gladly have shelled out 10 15 bucks to go sit in a movie theater with my popcorn and my drink and my jujubes and just and watch it on the screen because yeah. it, it was so gorgeous because i mean half the half the event is not just really watching it be street it's also getting the fan reaction or the yeah. The group reactions watching it with you, you know, like the, the those moments, yeah, or the, you or know, the, the laughs. And, yeah, I mean, I forgot to mention on the show itself, and I can do here that I saw my friend Andy, mm-hmm. you know, and his wife, who like I, I went my, you know, went to Stacy to meet her because his his wife's got this beautiful sleeve of the animated cartoon on her on her, you know, yeah, and it's gorgeous looking. Um, yeah, so it was like, hey, here's my friend Andy. Like when I posted on Facebook, he's like, where are you at? I was like, hey, what's up? How you doing? It was like a nice. And then when Sipon kind of came and and sat with us, it was like, it felt like, hey, festival. It yes, like, it was like this is a, a communal thing going to the movie to see this. And I don't know if DC is going to. I hope DC doesn't do it with every movie because as much as I like the Justice League Dark. I'm not rushing out to go see it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I can wait for it to come out in Blu-ray, get the special edition with whatever statue. It'll probably be a Constantine statue at this point. Yeah. So that everyone loves him. And Best Buy will do a you know mini graphic novel. Like I found out the one that's coming with The Killing Joke isn't a reprinting of The Killing Joke. It's I think it's The Man Who Laughs Last. Ah, okay. I think it's the story where um, Joker thinks he's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, if they do, like, a Justice League, Justice Dark crossover, mm-hmm. sure. Or maybe, like, the Teen Titans versus the Justice League versus the Teen Titans, while good, I don't, I wouldn't be shelling 15 bucks. I'll wait and pay my 25 to get it on Blu-ray. Yeah. And be able to watch it come from my own home and be able to pause so I could pee, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, good for them. I mean, you know, it's got to be... Nice to go, hey, look, you know what? Despite the kind of semi-bad press they got on, you know, the whole Batman, Batgirl love scene, you might want to call it, or sex scene, I wouldn't really call it love scene, um, it it still made a decent amount of money. They, they got to go, look, it doesn't matter. Like People are going to want to see it anyway. So. Right, and I mean, there's a lot of fans that, like, know this comic and want to want to see it on, like, yeah. uh, like a close to those live action they can. They're going to see the animated yeah. feature of it. So it's always great. But that's the thing. Like, to me, it was, it was great to finally give some really good news about DC, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, all the bad press to be in with Batman v Superman and some of the... <laughs> Shaky press they've been getting with uh, killing uh, uh, Suicide Squad. You know now it's finally like, hey, something really oh, is coming out. Okay, now I was thinking about it. there's a couple of DC anime movies I would like to see them making to make, and that I would gladly pay money to go see in the theaters. First one being the Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. I love that story. Now that's like a two parter, definitely because that's a twelve issue uh, you know miniseries mm-hmm. that they did, 
and it covers like a calendar. It's a really, really good book. Great book. Hush would be the second one. Mm-hmm. That's a really like if they did a hush, it's like the it was like Batman's greatest hits because it was like, hey, this episode's Joker, this one's Superman, this one's Harley, this one's Ivy. It's like what? Every time you turn flipped an article, it was like, ooh, someone someone news here. Like this is great, mm-hmm. and it was a really good storyline and introduced a new character. So it was kind of like it was, it was really. I, I would definitely pay to see that one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, other Batman stories. I don't know. You got any favorite ones that you'd like to see be animated there, sweetheart? You kind of put me on the spot here. I'm sorry. Well, just <laughs> think about it. And, you know, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> Ed, is there any ones that you'd like to see? You put me on the spot here now. Um, you know, I had to think. I, I haven't read Batman in so long. It's just well, so any, hard to... Any- DC. The ones that pop out. I mean, like the ones, the ones I'm getting are the ones I want to see. Killing Joke was definitely right. one of them, and The Dark Knight Returns. I was really shocked to see that one come out on, yeah. on Blu-ray, and I was just so excited to get that one, and I wasn't disappointed. I mean, like I would like a a longer version of All Star Superman. I think that one needs to be really fleshed out a little bit more. Yes. I mean, you know, because I was saying, like, anything Marvel or DC did in anime was great. I'm like, well, you know what? That one wasn't that good. Like, that was, that was a tough That was a tough, tough watch. To swallow, yeah, yeah, that was a tough one to watch. Even harder to read. I gotta be honest, reading the comic book, I was like, what? what's Grant doing? Like, I don't, I don't care. Uh, okay, so it was even going. worse than the comic Oh, yeah, because the comic book, the, the, I, cause I bought the collected works. Because so, after we saw the movie, I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Maybe there's something that didn't translate from. You know, film to page, you know, page to film. Yeah. So then they go back and buy the graphic novel version of that run. And I did, and I was still like, I don't get it. I mean, I'm assuming it's like a love letter to Superman through Grant Morrison's eyes, but it didn't feel like there was a cohesive story. It was just like, like, Free flowing ideas of oh let's do this this would be kind of neat mm-hmm. let's do that or I would like to see them take Grant Morris's Arkham Asylum and turn it into a a, a movie like an animated movie because that that was a really good the artwork on that mm-hmm. is so yeah so um, out there and so very like ooh, very trippy so I think you could probably like get some really good animation if you take some of those paintings and do it in that style. Like it could be very like, dude, man, I was, felt like I was on a trip. You know, <laughs> death, death of the family would be good. Ooh, death uh, of the family yeah. or, or death in the family, either either storyline. Yeah, line, you know, would be kind of good. That would be. Make that one long too, though. Yeah, that would be a long one. But I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they they they've done it, and I yeah. think they can do it again. That's the the thing. I mean, I really, if you did Dark Knight Returns in the theater, I think they would be, you know, even more money made, yeah. you know, on that one. But uh, yeah, Death of the Family could be a, a definite one. I read that one, and I yeah, was just yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I don't. I don't think. I don't think giving it a rating really makes a big difference. Yeah, for, people, it, it, it's going to find its audience. People, yeah, people are going to want to go see it. Like, no, I mean, yeah. no. I mean, especially with you know, like we're talking about the run where Joker comes back and and he. And he has his face cut yeah. off and it's stapled onto his face. Like, That's a new 52, right? Yeah, the new yeah. 52 run. And it depends on like where you want to go because he does kind of invade like all these story arcs. Mm-hmm. So it would be a very Joker-centric kind of sh- movie because I, you'd see him pop in with, and, and screw around with Harley and, and Batman. And the ideology about what Joker's motivation for it is... Nightly, Nightly, Red Hood... 
Yeah. Yeah, he just tears shit apart, and it's all in this kind of, like... And he gets pretty much the rogues gallery, like Riddler and Penguin and Two-Face. Mm. He gets them all together in a room and basically says... Yeah, it's it's really good, and his motivation behind it is one that you can go... I, it, it's the mo- I would say it's probably the most sane the Joker's been in his, in his reasoning for doing what he's doing. <laughs> it's You go... I could totally, I can understand why he would think that. And for him, it, that's the, like a moment of clarity for him. He's like, because in the whole time, it's like, I'm not doing this just to make, I'm doing it for you because I love you. Like, these people around you make you weak. You used to be this badass motherfucker that didn't take shit from anybody. Now you're out there and you're, you're protecting, you're, you're straightening yourself too thin. You need to be the old you. I care too much about you. You're like, it was almost like a Joker intervention. <laughs> in a way and it was so good yeah. and you just kind of you're reading you're going shit it actually kind of makes sense like he kind of has a point because there's so many times in, in the history of the 52 and in past where you know with the death of Robin and, and how he gets so involved in the Red Hood and, and Batgirl and Batwing and Batwoman and, you know like the whole Bat family mm. it's just like enough already and it felt like the, the, that their Joker was like Get rid of all this. This is all. This is all noise. I know background noise. That's your background noise. I care too much about you to see you go through what I go through. Like, <laughs> let me help you. Yeah, <laughs> like help me help you. <laughs> so I mean, I would definitely love to see that as an anime. That was a good. That was a good pull, sweetheart. That was real good. Yeah. No, that's a really good one. You know, because it's it hits on so many different primal levels. It's really a good story, and I'm not. It's like you're just saying it. No, no, no. I'm not laughing at that. I'm just laughing at the fact that we really can't hear her side of it. Right. You're just agreeing to something that doesn't really exist. I mean, I could hear it because she's right behind me. Right. That's the reason why I think I reiterated it for the microphone so people at home go, "What'd she say?" Because you just hear me going, "That's a good one." Oh, that's really good. Well, what was it? <laughs> she said anything with Batmite in it. <laughs> I miss Batmite. <laughs> Moment of silence for my homie. <laughs> so, I mean, all right. Well, uh, I guess uh, thanks for listening to part yeah. one. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, if, if you do want to catch the shenanigans live, you can on Sunday night starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just search Aquanet Radio on those apps. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. And if you want to contact Ed on anything you've seen or heard on the show, or you want to tell us what your favorite DC comic run would you like to see on film, contact Ed at Ed at WordsWithGeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at Sean at WordsWithGeeks.com. Yeah, definitely let me know. I would like to know what the outside public would like to think about that. Like, what storyline would you like to think? It doesn't have to be Batman related. It could be any DC. And, you know, I'll even throw out to Marvel, too. You know? Like, let's see what... Well, that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> they might say that for 200. Now, who knows? Don't take my <laughs> that word That was saying it. it's just that, you know, first they have to get the animation right. That's, that's right. <laughs> All right, well, so uh, we'll see you in part two. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.